Well, good morning, Athens First United Methodist Church. And happy fourth Sunday of the season of Advent to you. Now, I know, I know, it's Christmas Eve and everybody's ready to celebrate Christmas Eve. But, you know, one thing that we've always believed in the church is that before we can arrive at the manger, before we can behold the Christ child, before the baby can actually be born, there are four promises of Advent that we need to be reminded of. The first is the promise of hope. The second is the promise of peace. The third is the promise of joy. And this morning, there's one last promise that we need to be reminded of, and that is the promise of love. To do that, I want us to look at how Luke tells us the the Christmas story. Not the full story, we're just going to read the first half of the Christmas story as told to us by the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Hear now the word of God. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, here we are on this fourth Sunday of Advent. And we pray this day that your word would become flesh. And not only that your word would become flesh, but that you too would speak to us a word of love so that it might sink down into the very marrow of our bones and that we might be reminded just how much you love us and how you call us to love others. It is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. So a couple of years ago, uh, there was a kindergarten Christmas concert at a local elementary school in Greeley, Colorado. And if you've ever been to one of these Christmas concerts before, you know exactly uh, the way they tend to be. Uh, There were lots of parents and grandparents and family members who were all gathered together in this tiny little school cafeteria. Some were sitting, some were standing, but everyone was ready with their cell phones to take pictures and video as soon as the performance started. Of course, as soon as those kids took the stage, it was like pure cuteness overload, you know, because they all came up and they were beaming with excitement and they couldn't wait to perform all of these things that they had been rehearsing for the last couple of weeks. There were Christmas songs that they would sing and Christmas skits that they would perform and even one verse Christmas poems that they would recite for the crowd. 
the last song of the Christmas concert, it was kind of like the finale of the performance, was a song that they had been working on uh, for a number of weeks. It's called Christmas Love. And uh, basically how it worked is all of the kindergartners would sing this song, uh, but they had 13 of the students who would come forward on the stage and they had uh, little cardboard letters cut out and their one and only job was to lift them high over their head. And at the, by the time all 13 kids did that, it would spell out Christmas love. So the first kid comes up and he raises up his letter and he says, C is for Christmas. And then they would sing a part of the song. And then the next child came up and she says, H is for happiness. And they would sing a part of the song. And that's the way this went all the way until they spelled all of the words of the phrase Christmas love. Well, when they got to the, to the M in Christmas, uh, there was a little girl who came forward with her letter, and that's when the entire crowd got a little bit of a chuckle because the little girl lifted it high up into the air, but she held it upside down. And no matter how hard the teachers tried to tell her, you're holding it upside down, flip it around, it didn't matter. She was there proudly holding an M that looked like a W. But the song continued on, and all of the kids finally came up and they finished the song. Well, once all of the letters had come forward to be displayed on the stage, that's when the crowd's laughter kind of turned into a hushed, reverent silence. Because when they saw all of the letters displayed across the stage, what the crowd realized is that there was a different message being displayed than the one intended. Because while the kids were supposed to share a message that says Christmas love, what they actually spelled out was Christ was love. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I like to think that if we were to ask the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to summarize for us, to boil down to its very essence, not just the Christmas story, but the story of Jesus and his ministry, they would tell us, that's it. You got it right there. You can't do it better than that. Those three words capture it perfectly. Christ was love. Because that is the message of the gospels from beginning to end. Christ was love, Christ is love, but Christ also calls us to love, which, which means that you and I, we kind of, we play a role in this whole business of love. Because you remember what Jesus told his disciples in the upper room on the night before he was crucified? Do you remember how John tells us that they were gathered around the table, they had just eaten the meal, when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. By this the world will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Now whenever I read that passage from the Gospel of John, there are two things that I am always struck by. The first is the realization that that is the only time in recorded scripture that Jesus gives us an actual command. Did you realize that? It's true. 
Meaning that in all of his years of teaching, in all of his years of preaching, there's only one time where Jesus ever says, hey, listen, I've got something that I, I'm going to require you to do. Meaning that this was not a, a suggestion, this was not a request, this was not merely a, a, something that Jesus was asking his disciples to do. No, for Jesus, this was a non-negotiable, which at the very least tells us how important this was to him. The second thing that stands out to me, though, is just how simple this command is. Because notice that Jesus doesn't say, hey, listen, guys, I got a quick 15 things I need to tell you. Or I've got 25 things. Or I got 100 quick little commands that if you could just jot these down, that would be great. Mm-mm. He says it's just one. Not only that, but, but notice that this is not some like lengthy dissertation that Jesus offers his disciples. It's not like this, this complicated agenda where he's like, all right, now if you would refer to the index, we can get started. There. No, 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 no. Jesus said it's one thing. Just that's it. One command. Can you do this one thing? This is all I'm asking. This is the way that the world will know that you belong to me. If you would love one another the way that I have loved you. For Jesus, this is the only measure of what it means to be a Christian. This is the only way that we ever need to gauge our Christ-likeness. It is found in how we love. Which means that for Jesus, this isn't just the main thing. I know I often hear people say that, keep the main thing, the main thing. For Jesus, this wasn't the main thing. No, for Jesus, this was the only thing. And why? Because Christ was love. And Christ is love. And Christ calls us to love. Or as a poet, Christina Rossetti, once put it, love came down at Christmas. Love was born at Christmas. Jesus said, I've only got one command that you would love one another as I have loved you. Which is, of course, simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Because, of course, in order for you and I to, to, to love the way that Jesus loved, it means that we don't get to pick and choose who we love. It doesn't mean that we only have to love those who are easy to love or who are lovable or likable or who love us back in return. No, in order for us to love like Jesus loved means that we have to Love people who are really difficult to love. It means that we even have to love those who don't love us in return, and that is no easy thing. But I remember the author Bob Goff once said that when we as Christians love the people in our lives who are difficult, when we love those people who don't love us back, that's how we show the world that the baby in the manger is more than just a decoration for us. Indeed, that is how we put the Christ back in Christmas. 
So tomorrow is Christmas Day. <laughs> I know that most of you already know that. And if you didn't know that, I really do hope you get a lot of shopping done between now and then. But for the rest of us, I know that we know that, but I also know that this is that time of year when we're around a lot of different people. When we tend to visit or be visited by a lot of friends and family and relatives and distant relatives. And of course, some of those people are very easy to love. And then of course, there are those in our families who are not. I think we all have at least one person in our family who makes that kind of thing really hard. We all have that one curmudgeonly uncle or that one really hard to get along with aunt. Or we all have that one relative whose singular talent is getting on our last nerve. You know what Jesus says? Love them anyways. You don't have to like them. You don't even have to enjoy being around them. But you do need to love them. Because that was his only commandment. A new command I give to you, he said. That you would love one another as I have loved you. For Jesus, this wasn't just the main thing. This is the only thing. And why? Because Christ was love. And Christ is love, and Christ calls us to love. By this, the world will know that we belong to him if we love one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you on this holy day. And it's a unique day because today is not just Christmas Eve, it is also the fourth Sunday of Advent, which means today we celebrate the promise of love. And when we think about what that means, Lord, we know that it is not always easy. Because when we think of your example, when we think about what it means to show the world Christ-like love, we know that it means doing things like loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us, loving people who aren't lovable, loving those who don't love us in return. But nevertheless, you said, this is my command. And the world will know that we belong to you if we follow that. So God, give us that strength. Inspire us to live a life of love. Indeed, help us to shine your light of love during this season of Christmas into a world that is in need of your light into a world that is in need of your love. It is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen.